You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are tuned into the Decoding Success Podcast for an episode, for an interview that I am super excited that you are here to experience with us all because when we were recording this, the gentleman and I that's joining us today, this conversation moved me. In fact, just thinking about it, I am literally getting the chills up and down my arms. The gentleman that's joining us, I'm going to introduce him in just a few moments. He is living proof that number one, miracles don't only exist, but we cannot make fucking excuses in life. Straight up, there is no other way to put it. I was so inspired and still am to this moment after having this conversation. And you want to know what? Even before it, as you'll hear me say in this interview, I am so grateful for watching this individual move mountains, literally move fucking mountains with his work, with his words, with his speeches on stages and things of that nature, like literally just crushing the game and watching him live life is honestly one of the most fulfilling things for me and Nick and I who I kind of just name dropped (laughs) real quick Nick and I were not even connected before this podcast episode now we are we're a bit closer after having this conversation honestly I'm just really really grateful to introduce to you Nick Santo Nastasso for short Nick Santo who is a medical miracle not only is he one of four people alive with this rare genetic condition called Hanhart syndrome we'll get into that on the show we'll fill you in on what that is. This inspirational keynote speaker is an internationally known bodybuilder and fitness model despite missing both of his legs and one arm since birth. Let that sink in. The high energy youth shares his amazing story showing people that anyone can thrive if they have the determination and willpower to go after what they want in life and Nick is a perfect example of that. Honestly, super, super fucking inspiring. Now when Nick was born, the doctors literally handed his parents this long list of things that he would never be able to do. In fact, I like to compare long lists to those CVS receipts, right? They're just so fucking long these days. But Nick's parents politely thanked them and threw the list out. They raised Nick the same way they had raised his three other able-bodied older siblings and instilled in him never to let the world tell him what he could or couldn't do and he will get into all all of that in this amazing conversation that we've had. Honestly, I told you, it left me in awe. There were a few times Nick responded and I honestly just didn't even know what to say because what he was saying to us was just, oh man, honestly, nothing short of amazing, nothing short of inspiring. And I'm not even just saying that. Tune into this episode. You're going to feel it yourself. I promise you that. But before diving into that, I want to fill you all in on an amazing offer from our partner, Audible, who is blessing all of the Decoding Success faithful. If you've tuned into the show or not, whatever the case is, we want to help you optimize your net time outside of listening to this podcast. So Audible and us here at Decoding Success have paired up, teamed up, however you want to put it, to deliver all of you a free audiobook of your choice by simply going over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success to claim your free audiobook of your choice. And again, it is free 99. Now, with that 
said, you are probably ready to dive into this episode just as much as I am. Honestly, I am stoked to be amplifying Nick's message here today to all of you. So again, I am grateful you're tuned in. And without further ado, my guy, Nick Santo. Nick, first and foremost, I want to express my gratitude for you, man. Not only just hopping on this show, but being the inspirational figure you are today. It's absolutely amazing to see. So thank you so much. Brother, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Excited to uh, dive into some convo here. Let's do it, man. First question straight off the bat for you, Nick, is how do you personally define success? Yes, that's a great question because I think, you know, as we go on in life, we, we get um, different, different views of success or different visions of success. I remember at one point in my life, I was I was super broke in LA and uh you know I my plan didn't go the way I wanted it to go and I remember sitting there in this apartment and telling myself wow success is me having enough money to pay the bills and a little bit extra for breathing room. So you know the reason why I, I you know I say that is because I think the most important thing is for people to always revisit what their definition of success is and what their vision of success is because I think one of the things that kind of steered me off course was I had a a vision of success, um, what it looked like for other people. So, you know, at, at first, you know, I thought entrepreneurship was just like 365, you know, working 30 hours a day, which is impossible. Right. And like, I just wanted, want people to realize like going back to your definition of success and going back to your vision of success, like don't let anyone interfere in that. And like, don't let anyone, you know, kind of put their version or vision of success, like really get get personal with yourself and ask yourself what that is. And so for me, I think it's just living life on my terms, right? Um, being in a, being in a situation or a position where, you know, I'm financially free and that gives me the ability to do the things I want to do when I want to do, but also to give my family and friends, um, experiences that they don't think they could have. And so that's how I get fulfillment. And that what, that's what I think my, uh, vision of success is. That's beautiful, man. Listen, Nick, that, you know, you hit the nail on the head, man. I really love that. And you dropped a few really great points there. You know, one being revisiting your definition of success, you know, and then becoming really personal with it because we get so consumed with society's definition of success and what we see on the social medias of the world and, and the news outlets and in the books and things of that nature. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And now my question to that is, how do you personally stay on track to continuously achieve that definition of success, you know, when it comes to living life on your own terms? Yeah, I think, I think, Staying on track is kind of asking yourself, what are the things, what are either it's micro goals or what are the things that are going to move the needle forward? You know, because I think we all realize that we spend time in things that um, maybe don't move the needle forward as fast as we should. There's things that we can delegate, there's things that we can automate and minimize and really just ask what are the core things um, that are going to help me the needle forward the fastest. And I think writing, writing things down is, is super important because if you don't write things down, they're not going to get done. But just having having that little, you know, view of the little micro steps you need to take, you know, or reverse engineering what that what that goal is, and then working from there. So, I think um, just just staying on track and having having little these little like I call them stepping stones, right? These little stepping stones that we need to hit that you know, like you move the needle forward today. And that's what I always tell people. If you find yourself in a slump or you find yourself in a rut, it's most likely because you're not moving the needle forward in any area of your life. That's what I've realized is like my lowest days come from the days where I'm stagnant or, you know, not doing too much. And so it's just like 
asking yourself, what's the roadmap? You know, what are these little steps that I need to take that will not only make me feel fulfilled and make me feel like I progressed, but I actually did move the needle forward and, you know, got further than I was the day before. I love that. Now, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. And I feel like I personally have been victim to the fact that I was actually blind to those stepping stones. You know, so often when we're goal getters and we have these massive dreams, we very much so look to the future, right? We look to that desired outcome that we want to achieve in life, yet we, we don't necessarily take into account everything that we have achieved. And when you live so far in the future, you create this anxiety around your life. But one thing I've done for anyone listening, one thing I've done is journaling and, you know, recapping my days. So every, or yeah, every Sunday, every week, um, I'll, I'll take literally just 10 minutes and looking back on the days and you, you see the little incremental um, progressions which are really beautiful. So I appreciate you sharing that. I definitely resonate with that. Now, Nick, I want to talk about your journey. You know, I want to talk about all the progression you've made in life. So you were born with a rare condition called Hanhart syndrome. Can you walk the audience through what that is and how your parents came to find this out? Yeah. So, um, you know, my mom was pregnant with me. I have, uh, at the time she already had three of the kids. So she had, um, two, I have two sisters and one brother. And so I was the last. And so about, I think it was about six, six weeks. I think it was six weeks, but I'm not sure. But I was, I just did a podcast with my parents too. So like we're, we're still regurgitating some information that they were saying, but um, basically she went in for a late ultrasound and, you know, they pulled the baby up on the screen and said that there was something wrong. And, and the problem was that my limbs weren't being developed. And so what that mean was I was missing my legs. It looks like I was missing my arm. They said I had a cleft palate. I mean, the list went on and on. And so what they classified me with was Hanhart syndrome. And what that is, is a super rare genetic disorder that either leaves the babies with undeveloped limbs or undeveloped organs. And so they told my parents that I was the 12th case. So I was the 12th baby born uh, in medical history at the time in 1996 with this syndrome. And so when I was born, they immediately, you know, took me away from my parents and did tests on my organs to see if, you know, I was going to live. I wasn't even supposed to survive birth. That's a, that's what they were telling my parents. And um, they came back and all my organs were 100% healthy. And the only thing that was affected were my limbs. And so, you know, back then, it was the the world was a lot different. I mean, the science was a lot different. The the tool they have, you know, everything is just like a totally different world, right? Twenty three years ago, and so they they painted this grim picture for my parents that you know, like things weren't going to be perfect, and I was going to come out mutated and all these different things, all these wild things. And um, you know, my parents explained, you know, I came out and was just a super healthy crying baby, um, and and you know, after they did tests on my organs basically I, I proved, I didn't prove, but like I, I beat the odds of everything the doctor said. And so from there, you know, the doctors handed over a list to my parents and we're like, okay, you know, he survived birth, but your son won't be able to do this, 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 and this, which, you know, how empowering is that? It's not very empowering. And so, you know, my parents went against the grain and kind of was like, you know, since my, my son's the 12th baby in medical history, you know, there's not much you know, prior information on how you should raise him or, or, you know, how we should raise him and the things we should do for him and the things we shouldn't do for him. And so they kind of just took it upon themselves to, you know, raise me the way they thought they should raise me. And so what I mean by that is, you know, from an early age, they sat me down and were just like, Hey, 
you know, this is how you're born. You know, you're born with no legs and one arm and the world's not going to stop for you. So we're going to have to put some challenges in front of you so you can figure out, you know, how you're, how you're going to adapt to the world, right? Because things aren't going to change for you. And so, you know, in the most polite way, my parents would put my clothes in front of me and say, all right, Nick, you know, figure it out. And they'd sit there and give me moral support, but they wouldn't really step in. They'd let me, you know, fall on my face and, you know, here's your food, Nick, you're going to have to learn how to feed yourself. And they would, you know, put a spoon there with food in front of me and kind of just, you know, give me, give me verbal support, but let me do my thing. And, you know, I always tell people that was my biggest advantage as a kid because, my parents literally helped me exercise the muscle of doing hard things and falling on my face and getting back up, which I think is like the key to, you know, being a child, right? I mean, if we always coddle our kids, I mean, this is a question that the parents, people in, people that are listening that have kids, like, are you doing too much for your kids? Are you coddling your kids too much? Are you coddling your teammates too much? I mean, I just think that the biggest and fastest way for you to, grow, especially as a kid, is just to fall. Like fall as many times as you can because I think we can agree that there are very not only there are a lot of ungrateful kids nowadays, but kids just quit easily. And the reason why they quit is because they're just not used to being uncomfortable. And I think my parents helped me exercise the muscle of just being comfortable with being uncomfortable. A hundred percent, man. Listen, I, I give you so much credit. I have to ask, is it safe to say that your mindset of gratitude and never settle and defying odds stems from your parents? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I, as parents, we're cultivating our kids' mindsets through our actions, through our words, you know, the way we react to situations, the way you react on the phone. I mean, right. We're, we're so primed and we've, we've been around our parents, these people, our whole entire lives. And so we take up you know, their habits, we take up the way they react to things, the way they think. And so I'm extremely grateful that my parents were just like, Hey, you know, we've already, we've already raised three other kids. We're not going to treat this kid any differently. And we're going to throw them into the bunch. And, you know, like I said, that was my biggest advantage is my parents didn't treat me any differently. And like, you can see now, like there, there are parents out there and, and their kids are physically fine. You know, there's nothing wrong physically with them and, and they're, they're handicapping their own child by just doing everything for them. You know, not giving them the tools on how to be independent, you know, and, and just like literally coddling them way too much. Now, were there ever moments like you felt like you wanted to give up when it came to, you know, learning how to do the things such as dressing yourself, as you were just mentioning? Yeah, I mean, you know, feeding myself, you know, there, there was points where, you know, I just couldn't, you know, picking up a spoon, I dropped the spoon, picking up the food, I dropped the food, there'd be food on the floor, you know, food on my face. And I remember, you know, getting so angry and being like, can you just do this for me? Like, can you, like, why can't you just do this for me? And they were like, Nick, you know, things are going to be hard now, but you got to go through the motions. Like you got to figure out your way. And that was like the whole, like, it's not camp, but how mindset is just like, you know, that's the, that's the, the saying that is engraved in my head, it's not camp, but how, and like, it's not just mindset mumbo jumbo, but like I was saying earlier, like humans are very disempowering creatures. If we don't catch our patterns, if we don't catch our thoughts. And so, you know, when you, the majority of not only entrepreneurs, but human beings, we always start off with can't. Like, you know, you always notice how oh, you can't do this because I don't have the resources. I can't do this because I'm not tall enough. I can't do this because I'm not smart enough. Like we're just so used to starting with can't. And not only is that disempowering, but your mind won't stimulate any solutions starting with can't. And so when you frame things with how it's not only more empowering, but it literally helps your mind stimulate more solutions. And so I was just always framing things with like how I think I just kind of treated life as a kid of just like one big game. And like, you know, I'd always throw these challenges in front of me and I just tinker with things and I, and I'd see ways I can do it more efficiently. And, you know, as I grow up, you know, 
fast forward to now, there, there are some things where I've realized that it takes me to drop my ego and realize like, it's okay to ask for help and just ask for help because it's much more efficient. But I think, you know, there's always that, that part of me that wants to test myself because I was always, my parents were always testing me as a kid. I love that, man. Listen, the power of how, I think that right there is, you know, that, that huge mindset shift of can to how, man. I, I really, really appreciate you sharing that. I love it. Now, fast forwarding, fast forwarding a little bit, what was growing up and, and going to school like? And what were the takeaways when you look back on it now? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I think, you know, my, my parents pushed, my parents called, you know, as many schools as they needed for me to get put into a normal school. You know, the, the way they described um, me going into school is, you know, when I went in for the first meeting and I'm um, kind of intro, you know, introing their child and saying, this is my kid, you know, the, the teachers or the, the guidance counselors, they'd be like, okay, like, what does he need help with? And, you know, my parents just nonchalant, like not, not much, you know, like if he, dra- if he drops his pencil, like you might have to need, you know, pick up his pencil, but like the kid really does everything on his own. And, um, you know, they always wanted me, you know, my mom's number one goal, she just said it was to have me always be on point with every other kid, like academically, uh, academic wise, like always being up to par, like, you know, with, with learning and everything. And she didn't want me to fall behind. And so she was very adamant about me being in a normal school, one for just staying, staying with, you know, the, the growth of the kids, you know, mentally and academically, but for this, for this, the social aspect and me just being around normal kids. And, and like I said, that's another muscle, just exercising the muscle of being in that normal environment and not like being coddled. I mean, imagine how I would feel if like, you know, from, from the moment I was born, my parents kind of shunned me and kept me away from social events, right. Or social places. And then they threw me in school. It would have been like, Oh my God, it would have been a whirlwind. And so, you know, I think, one of the one of the takeaways for me looking back in school is just you know I realized through school how different I was and it, like eventually you know at, for for a long period of time I was like wow you know I'm a normal kid like I didn't realize the no legs and one arm thing to be honest I was just living life and then you know there's were there were instances and events that other people let me know I was different but now that I look back on it you know I just feel like everything in life, like you can either take it as a loss or you can extract the good from it and, and you can win and learn. You know, the, I always quote Nelson Mandela and he says in life, I don't lose, I only win or learn. And so like, you know, there are so many events in our life that we think are losses, but if you extract, you know, one good piece of information from it, whether that's a different perspective, whether that's a different piece of knowledge, a different way to go about life, you take that loss that you thought was a loss, you extract the good from it and you learn, you win and you learn from it. And so, you know, there were negative events that, that have happened in school, but, you know, looking back at, looking back at it and extracting the good from it, you know, I just, I just realized one that I was in a super low point in my life and that no one was coming to save me and that the only person that was going to make a drastic change in my life, whether that was physically or mentally, emotionally or spiritually, like I had to do it for me. And so looking back at it, like the super low points in school, not only helped me pivot and realize like I need to get out of this hole, but it it led me to, you know, the amazing things that changed my life, you know, wrestling and, and physical, you know, fitness and bodybuilding. 
That, yeah, that's amazing, man. And, and to, you know, piggyback on that Nelson Mandela quote, my mentor, John Gordon, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Amazing, amazing guy just dropped a book recently too called The Coffee Bean. He has a, a an equation, a life equation, which I always like to talk about. It's E plus P equals O and it stands for the events plus perspective that you have towards those events is what truly determines that outcome. You know, yeah. and the one thing that we can control out of that is the perspective, right? You can't always control the event, but you can always control your perspective. And that's really what's going to determine the outcome. So I appreciate you sharing that, Nick. And now you just brought up wrestling, right? I've heard you talk about the sacrifice you made to pursue wrestling. Can you bring everyone through that? Yeah. So, you know, going into high school, I was, I was in a low point. I was probably in the lowest point and um, lowest point in that victim mentality of, you know, why me? I don't really get why I'm born with no legs and one arm and I don't really like it. I'm not really comfortable with my skin and girls don't like me. I mean, all these things, right? All these things were coming down on me, which I thought, right? And so all, my older brother was a wrestler. All my best fr- When I got into high school, all my best friends were wrestlers. And, you know, I, I realized like, man, I want to spend more time with my friends. And how can I spend more time with my friends? Well, they're all wrestlers. And will I be able to wrestle? And at first it was immediately can't, right? Because like I said, you know, we usually start off with can't. And the reason why I said can't was because my arm at the time, my right arm, which is um, mm-hmm. above my above my elbow, like I don't have an elbow, but the arm was about five inches longer than it is now. My bone was growing faster than my skin. So it was like your finger and it was super sensitive and I couldn't really touch it on things because if I would have hit my arm hard enough, my bone would have came through my skin and you know, I had I had some previous problems with it. You know, I, I played the drums as a kid, and so they would ace bandage the sticks to my limbs, and I'd play that way. And you know, my arm would get my my right arm would get infected, and I'd have to get it drained. And it was just like it was terrible. And so, uh, you know, I marinated on the thought of like, man, you know, wrestling would instill confidence in me. I feel more comfortable with my skin. You know, I would just feel comfortable and and more confident overall. Like this is something that I need to do. And so. You know, I came home and I told my parents, I said, listen, I want to be a wrestler. And they were like, Nick, like, you know, what about your arm? And I was like, you know, can we, can we cut it off? Can we amputate it? And, and I actually got to ask my, my, my parents' perspective on that conversation um, a couple of days ago because I interviewed them for my podcast. And, you know, I was like, what was, what was going through your head? And it was pretty cool to understand their perspective. It was like, you know, as a kid, as a baby, there was so many doctors and so many professionals that, you know, offered them to do surgeries on me, right. To bone lengthening me. And so I can, you know, potentially have prosthetics and they wanted to chop my finger off and split my finger in two. There were so many like crazy um, decisions that they asked my parents to do on me. And my parents always said, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't their choice. You know, Nick's not old enough to make these choices. Like I'm not going to make a choice that's going to affect this kid's life. It's not even my life. And so when I asked my parents to amputate my arm, you know, they were, they were about it. They were supportive because it was the first decision that I would make for myself, you know, that I, I recognize and I had the self-awareness to realize like, wow, this is hurting me. Like, let's take care of it. And so they were super supportive of me amputating my arm, not only to wrestle, but they knew that it would better the quality of my life. And it was, it was a decision that I was making for myself, which made them even more comfortable. And so 
my sophomore year, they went ahead and scheduled the appointment for me to amputate my arm. And so, you know, I went in to the doctors and what they did was they lasered five inches of my bone off and they did a skin graft where they pull extra skin from up on my shoulder and they pull it over my bone so I can beat it up and do physical activities with it. And it was, it's, you know, it was one of the best, best decisions of my life. I mean, the, the arm was so painful and it was definitely going to get worse, right? It wasn't going to get better. And so, you know, that led me to going out for my wrestling team, which, you know, my junior year, I go into the room and I tell these guys, I said, guys, you know, you need, you need to beat me up. Like, don't hold back on me. I'm not going to know how to become the best wrestler I could possibly be if you hold back on me. And that, and if we self-reflect, you know, back earlier in my life, that was the same approach my parents took, right? We, we talked about coddling. Like if my parents just gave me everything, I would have got smacked in the face of reality at an early age. And so, um, asking, asking you shall receive my junior year, I got my butt kicked and, um, you know, I was about one in 20 and my only, my only win was my coach putting me out for a varsity forfeit so I can get my varsity jacket. And I remember I was like, man, this, you know, I think we can all agree everyone listening to that things feel be- much better when we earn them. And so I was like, thanks dude. You know, I don't, I won't, I don't want the jacket. I didn't earn it. I want to, I want to beat kids fair and square. And so, um, you know, I got into the gym a little bit, not too much, but my senior year, I was able to come out as the 106 pound varsity wrestler from my high school, um, which was just like, just in itself was a big transformation for me. You know, as a varsity wrestler, I was labeled as an athlete. I went from, you know, you know, a a suicidal teenager that thought you were either born with confidence. It was, it was something that you acquired during birth to, you know, someone who was working on himself and was feeling better about himself. And so, you know, wrestling, wrestling saved my life because, you know, not only was I pushed so physically and mentally and, and saw, you know, how far I can push myself, but I saw the impact that I was having on other people. And the feeling that that gave me was, you know, the spark into realizing that, you know, the things that I thought were disgusting and, and negative about myself actually turned out to be my biggest super powers, my biggest forms of influence. Yeah, man, listen, you, you got me in my feels over here, man. Your, your story is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Nothing short of it. Now, Nick, let me ask you, how did you start to identify your purpose? You know, being that beacon of light, because that's exactly what you are, man. I'm sitting here, your story's infectious, your energy's infectious. I'm curious, how did you find that purpose? Yeah, I, you know, I, I came off the mat. There was, a, there was a moment where I came off the mat um, after getting my butt kicked as usual. And I was, I was trying to catch my breath. And this lady came up to me and she was crying. And I was like, man, you know, what did I do? And she's like, you know, thanking me. And I didn't understand why she was thanking me. I was just like, you know, I just got my butt cake, lady. I don't know why you're thanking me. And she was like, you know, my daughter's, my daughter's over there on the sideline and she's, she's shy and she never wanted to do a sport or an extracurricular activity, but she saw you out there and she's asking me if she can try these sports, if she can try these things. And, you know, you, you motivated her and inspired her, but most importantly, you shifted her perspective and, and she's, she's asking me to try these things that, that I couldn't get to her. I couldn't, I couldn't get through to her as a parent. Like, you know, I tried to get her to do new things, but she didn't want to. And, you know, seeing you out there, you totally just changed the way she views the world. And I want to thank you. And, you know, I was like, wow, you know, not only does that feel good, but like I was on the mat for myself. I was being selfish. I was trying to dig myself out of this negative suicidal hole that I was in. I wasn't focused on trying to be inspirational, motivational, and I was changing lives passively. And I was like, wow, one, this feels, feels good. And two, how can I do more of it? How can I, how can I start, you know, just putting myself out there and, you know, making, you know, myself look comfortable on videos and making myself look funny on videos because, you know, 
I just want people to see that regardless of what hand life has dealt you with, whether you, whether you think your hand is great, whether you think your hand is mediocre, whether you think your hand is terrible, like you got one hand and like, this is all we got. And so we have to play it to the best of our ability rather than falling in that victim mentality, which, you know, I, I, I was, I was in before. A hundred percent, man. No, man, that's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing to hear this. Now, what's your advice for people to shift their mindset, right? You just talked about the, the young woman that you influenced, right? She had a, a change of perspective. What's your advice in regards to shifting their, or people shifting their mindset? Like what I'm hearing from you, you're, you're living in such a beautiful state, right? How can people get into this state? Yeah, perspective. <laughs> perspectives, perspectives, everything. I mean, everything revol- I have a massive tattoo on my chest and it's a whole perspective piece. It's a, it's a, it's an eyeball with a clock in it with, you know, a bunch of time because what's time, time is fake. We just made it up. I mean, everything in this world is perspective in the way we view things. And so, you know, for, for it, it depends. I mean, if you're someone that is, is struggling to work out, right. Maybe you don't have the motivation to work out. Well, maybe you need to realize that, you know, there are millions of kids and adults that are paralyzed and confined in wheelchairs and hospital beds that would give up, you know, they would switch places with a man with no legs and one arm because they just don't have it like he does. And that they would give everything and anything to just go outside and breathe fresh air because they can't. And then, you know, there's, there's ways that you can, you know, turn your, your have tos into get tos, right? I mean, you get to go to the gym, you know, you get to eat healthy food, you get to live in America, wherever you live, you get to, you know, have these amazing environments to live in when there's people out there that don't even know, you know, that there are, there are symptoms of malaria. They just know they got bit by a mosquito and they don't feel good. And then they die because they're not educated. Like they're like, literally, like if, if we all put our problems on, uh, on a desk and in the grand scheme of the universe and the world, like our problems are problems. We just create our own problems. And so if you're trying to find your why, or you're trying to find, shift your perspective, like dude, go, go read things. Like go read about other, other people that came up that had less than you, because there's always someone that came up and made it that had less than you, or, you know, had bigger challenges than you. And, and that's, that's the the two things that will always ground you and bring you back to that home, that home inside your soul is, is perspective and gratitude, you know, like being extremely grateful for the things you currently have, because, you know, like I said, humans are very disempowering creatures. Like we tend to just focus on our weaknesses. We tend to focus on all the things we don't have. We tend to look on Instagram and social media and see all these things that we want that we don't have that we think will get us fulfillment. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it's just gaining perspective on life and how you gain perspective on life. You can do that through YouTube videos. You can do that through reading. You can do that from, you know, interviewing people or going to different places and realizing that, you know, the things that you're probably complaining about, and like I said, in the grand scheme of things, aren't really problems. A hundred percent. Listen, however many people are going to be tuned into this, however many people are going to be tuned into this are going to have that perspective shift because I mean, I'm having it right here. I'm in awe just talking to you, man. Like you, you got me in my feels. I think, you know, you're absolutely incredible. This story is amazing. Now, I feel like you have, you know, this figure it out mentality, right? I think it goes all the way back to, you know, again, your parents, right? And the power of how. So what, what made you jump into things without knowing everything about the thing you're jumping into? Like you didn't need that MapQuest printout or the GPS. You, you know, you, you went in there and figured it out. So what's your advice to people in, in regards to them not necessarily knowing everything, wanting to do something, having that desire to do something, but being stopped because they don't know everything? Yeah. First, you need to drop your ego and realize that you only know what you know. And so that requires you to just, you know, the, the, 
one of the things that I credit my success to is I'm always in a student of the me- student. I'm a student of the game. I'm always in a student mentality. And what that means is, like I said, you need to drop your ego and realize you only know what you know. And that like, that's like such a powerful statement. Like you only know what you know. There's so much information out there that we just don't know because we're not exposed or we didn't learn it or we didn't read about it. And so, you know, that, that's one is realizing like, man, always be, always being in the mindset of like looking to learn and looking to model people and looking to learn from who has the results, you know, learn from people who have the results that you want. And then, um, yeah. So it's even to this day, like in the business, like the way, like me and my guys operate is like, if we don't know how to do something, we'll just like, like learn about it real quick. We'll build it. And then like, we'll see if it works. And then we'll, we'll figure out the mistakes like after, like, for example, like, we, we realized like, oh my God, like we need to capture emails and we need to have a funnel and we need to start, you know, running ads. And we knew nothing about any of this. And so real quick, like we, we, we built, you know, we built this funnel out and built this marketing plan out. And like, we're in the whole 20 grand and had no RI, but like we got burned hard, but at least like we made that step into getting that first, you know, funnel out or getting those first ads out, whatever it may be. And so, you know, the way I view it is like, 99% of the things you're not going to be ready for. Like, that's the thing. Like you won't have the knowledge, like you're never going to have all the knowledge to do something. And so I much rather be out in the field, trying in the trenches, attempting trial and error, learning what I need to do to continuously improve and implement than being on the sideline, like 99% of the rest of the people. And so there's always going to be that 99% of the people that are on the sideline and they're crippled by their limiting beliefs or I don't have the resources. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Well, how you, how you basically, you know, cut that off is you just dive in, you know, you dive in, you go into the trenches, you, you put yourselves in uneasy waters and it forces yourself to learn how to swim. Like, you know, if you start something and you don't know what to do, at least you started it and you're like, okay, like I need to start learning what I need to do to, you know, get to the next level. But you're not going to make any progress if you're just on the sidelines, second guessing yourself and realizing you don't have the knowledge or resources. And so like, it's kind of like a mind, a mind trick. You just jump in and then you're forced. Like, you're like, shoot, like I already started. Like I, I literally have to figure out what I'm going to do or I'm going to fail. And if you're like me and if you're like you, like we don't like failing. (laughs) And so if we start something and we hold ourselves accountable, like we have to follow through on something, but like, you're not going to make any progress. You're not going to take any action. If you're on the sideline, continuously second guessing yourself about your knowledge, about your resources, about your capabilities. A hundred percent. There's a quote by, I believe, Reed Hoffman, who says something along the lines of, you know, jump off the cliff and build the plane on the way down. And, you know, it goes to say like, just, just get into it you know, literally just get into it. And I feel like, you know, you hit the nail on the head with ego. A lot of people are scared to make the mistakes publicly and, you know, let people see that they don't know it all. So I definitely appreciate you sharing that. I know a lot of people that are tuned in can resonate with that. Now, Nick, I want to respect your time. So I want to ask you these two last questions. The first one being, what was a piece of advice that you've been given in life that you didn't want to hear, but it proved to be true over time? That's a great, that's a great question. Do you usually like get people like, uh, let me think about that. That's a great question. All the time, man. Yeah. The, the, the separation is in the preparation. And if you're having anxiety about something, if you're feeling overwhelmed about something, it's probably your lack of lack of preparation. It's, it's your lack of, of, you know, stepping up and, and educating yourself on what you need to do. You know, there's a lot of things, um, that people have anxiety about myself, you know, that we, we get nervous about or we get anxious about. And the reason why we feel that is because we're not prepared. And I say that as a brother figure, I say, I don't say that in a mean way. I say that as a brother figure. And 
the way that we, you know, can crush anxiety and crush feeling overwhelmed about something is we simply prepare. You know, there was, um, there was a time just a couple months ago where I had to study my, my speaking script for China because I have to stay in a script and things aren't, you know, translated from English to Mandarin in the right way. And so I have to stay in this super strict um, English script. And, you know, I was having anxiety about it and, you know, uh, you know, Ed Milet told me and, and I had some, some, you know, other coaches is, is the reason why you're feeling anxiety is because you're not prepared. And so like, you know, I started preparing and, and, you know, I hate studying. And the reason why I want to share this is I hate studying and I, and I hate work. I wasn't very good at school. And so, you know, in, in the time, there's going to be a lot of things where you, you have to do tedious work and tedious tasks that you don't want to do. And the way that you get through those tasks is you have a greater why, you have a greater purpose, or you have a greater vision on the back end. And so what I mean by that is like, you know, if you're a real estate agent and you're, and you're, or your salesman and you're cold calling, you're making these calls, you may not like the physical activity of but doing calls, but you can, you know, link up doing calls with taking your family to France on vacation or, you know, spending more time with your kids because you made that money. Like, what is that thing that's going to pull you through those little things that you don't want to do? Because we all have those things that we don't want to do, right? The majority of the times we don't want to do things. But if you have that greater why and that greater purpose of like, man, if I make this amount of calls, you know, that's the vacation with my wife or when I make this amount of money or this amount of sales or I study this script, this is going to lead to a, you know, anxiety free China speaking tour. It's just like, what is that? What is that vision? What is that? Why are you going to pull you through those things that you don't want to do, but realize like, you know, you want to crush anxiety and you want to crush fear, start preparing more. A hundred percent. Listen, that one really hits home for me, Nick, because I can't tell you how many times I hit stages and I feel anxiety and you want to know what I go up there. I talk about my story, my journey. So I always had the mindset that why do I need to necessarily prepare for that? You know, but at the same time, I still do need to prepare. We all need to prepare when we go into things of that nature or anything we're doing in life, right? There should be some form of preparation to make sure we're putting our 100% effort in so we can sleep and uh, have peace of mind while we sleep at night. So I definitely appreciate that because I resonate with that on a very high level. Now, let me ask you this. If someone came up to you right now seeking a piece of advice to achieve their definition of success, what advice would you give them? Yeah. What, may, what makes you feel good? You know, at the end of the day, like, why are you working your job? And, and, you know, when you, when you get that answer, I go deeper, you know, why are you doing that? And why are you doing that? I mean, there's that set, the seven levels deep exercises where you literally ask yourself, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? And, and this is a super powerful tool because like 90% of entrepreneurs, like they're just working and they don't know why, like they don't, they don't have clarity on their vision. They don't have clarity on your why. And so just, you got to get really deep with yourself and really connect with your heart rather than your mind and say, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? And at the end of the day, when you get super deep and you realize that, that heartfelt why, you know, that is going to be the thing that makes you unstoppable and makes you get up out of bed when you don't want to get out of bed. And so, you know, get clarity on your why and how you do that is just, you know, self-reflect and ask yourself, you know, what, why are you doing what you're doing and what makes you fulfilled and what makes you happy? You know, I think so many people think it, you know, even myself, you know, I'm, 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 I'm guilty of this too. It's like when I make this amount of money, you know, I'll, I'll be happy or I'll feel this. Or when I get this car, I'll be happy. And when I get this house, I'll be happy. But, you know, we think it's the materialistic things that make us happy. But what we're really chasing is the emotion of feeling fulfilled. It's the emotion of feeling like we're good enough, the emotion of feeling like we're happy, we're des we deserve it. And so, you know, it goes back to, you know, what is, 
what is the thing that makes you fulfilled? Like, what do you truly love to do? What are those activities? What are those hobbies that when you do those hobbies, you forget that time goes by, you know, time is kind of like, it's timeless. Like you just go by and, and, you know, just get clarity on like, why are you doing what you're doing? Is it to, you know, take control of your life and do what you want to do when you want to do? Is it to spend more time with your kids? Is it, is it to spend more time with your wife? Is it to spend more time traveling and experiencing in different perspectives and different, you know, food? Like what really get like specific on like why you're doing what you're doing? Because, you know, like even myself, like we can go through the entrepreneurship journey and we can go through the journey of building businesses or, you know, working at someone else's business. But like, at the end of the day, we, we may not realize why we're doing what we're doing. And I think it's extremely important to always go back to your why. I mean, every single day, like even myself, I can let you know full, fully transparent. Like I need to get more defined on my why. I need to get more clarity on my why and, and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because like I said, there are going to be a lot of days where you just don't feel like doing it. You don't feel like doing the work. You don't feel like getting out of bed. But like for you, if it's like, you know, being that amazing father, amazing, you know, wife in your life, you know, or the, the amazing mom in your life. Like when you get out of bed, you're like, I'm doing this for my kids. And there's a picture of your kids. Like, what is that thing that's going to pull you? And, um, you know, I'm going to take my own advice here and get even more clarity on my why, because it's only going to make me more powerful. And it's only going to make you listening, you know, more powerful if you know exactly why you're doing what you're doing. And when you do that, like I said, it's not only more empowering, but you will be ahead of 90% of the, you know, people entrepreneurship that are just running around working and they don't know why. I couldn't agree with you more. And I feel like that self-reflection period needs to come in a few times a year too, you know? Um, I mean, after, after hearing you say it, I, right after this episode, I'm doing this because, you know, there's days where, like you said, you know, you're, you're down in the gutter uh, and you don't want to do the things that you know you have to do. And sometimes, man, I'm guilty of it uh, quite often, honestly, on those days, I just won't do it, you know, and I definitely need to redefine my why. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, Nick, first and foremost, I want to say that I'm grateful for you taking the time out of your day to hop on here. Where can people keep up with you on social? Do you have a speaking calendar out on your website that they could, know know where you're at, where you're traveling to, to speak, any upcoming projects, podcasts, and so on? Yeah. So um, right now we're actually pre-recording episodes for my podcast as well. So it's the Victorious Podcast where we, um, you know, interview people that live life on purpose, right? With purpose and they're fulfilled. Um, So that's coming out. um, We don't know yet. (laughs) I don't know when yet. Um, Like I said, um, a lot of times we have a plan and we don't, it's not going to go the way we want it to go. So I don't know about that. But um, so the podcast, we're still pre-recording that. But mostly um, my stuff is found on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube. But most of me, where you'll find me is on Instagram. And um, where you can go to my website from there or get connected with me from there. And to be fully transparent, like we're remodeling the website right now too. So I'm not even going to send people to it. Um, So we're always just continuously evolving and making things better and split testing things. And so, you know, you can find me on Instagram at Nick Santanastasso. If you type in Nick Santo, I'm, I'm not only the guy with no legs, but the guy with the really long last name. <laughs> Nick, man, I appreciate you hopping on here. It was truly a pleasure. Man, grateful for the opportunity, brother. Thank you for having me. 
And there you have it from Nick himself, man. Listen, before going any further, because I can talk for days on all of the value that Nick dropped here on this episode, before going any further, what I'm gonna ask you to do, I'm going to request that you follow Nick on social, on any of the platforms that you are comfortable with, that you're on the most, whatever the case is. Personally, I follow Nick on Instagram. Whenever I'm scrolling through the feed at night or whatever the case is, when I come across one of his posts, he exemplifies that. That beacon of light that he truly is and you know he actually has some great content out there too that does give me a laugh every now and then which is you know very welcoming in my life that becomes serious from time to time so nick i'm grateful for that my man i highly highly suggest connecting with nick on social but now that i mentioned that i want to dive into some of the amazing topics and like i said i could talk for days here so i'm not gonna rant for too long but the first thing right away is towards the end of this conversation we talked about preparation, right? Now, personally, I speak on stages all across the country, as does Nick. Actually, Nick speaks all across the globe. I just want to let that be known. In fact, he was just speaking with Tony Robbins recently. So personally, for me, when I'm speaking across the country, I don't often, as mentioned in this episode, prepare because I'm telling my story. So I don't always feel like I need to prepare in depth. Of course, I prep to an extent, but I could definitely prep a lot better. And what that does, it causes this sort of anxiety around something that I love to do and I never figured it out why and you know the more and more I prepped it it started to shrink and shrink and shrink but Nick rekindled that thought in my mind how important preparation is and he said it great there is separation in the preparation the separation is in the preparation and that goes for all of us no matter what we're doing in life it's not just about you know speaking on stages it's a lot more than that how can we prepare ourselves to conquer the day, right? Maybe it's literally writing down your task the night before, or in fact, I'm actually gonna name drop here, I get nothing for doing this, but Brendan Burchard has an amazing planner that I've been using day in and day out to literally plan my day, like literally every 30 minutes. It is so boss, and that preparation right there is what separates people. That is what separates people. If you want to be the best you can potentially be, if you want to achieve the greatest level of greatness you can potentially achieve in life, you need to prepare. So that is one of the best, best, best tips that I've been given in such a long time, or actually just a reminder is the best way to put that. And another thing is dropping the ego. Drop the ego, and I don't want to get all spiritual, or anything of that nature, but ego, as a lot of people know, is edging God out, right? When you have an ego, you literally just box people the fuck out that are around you, that might be trying to help you, that might be trying to guide you, and it's for what? For what? Like, we're trying to maintain an image, we're trying to make people happy that don't even notice us, that don't even give a fuck about us, for what? Right? Where we're hurting ourselves in the long run to maintain an image of false imagery in a way, you know? Like, you need to stay true to you. And the reason I'm talking on this is because it's from my own experience. I can't tell you how many times I've made moves because of ego. But at the end of the day, this reminder right here in regards to dropping your ego is a major, major fucking key. Now, self-reflect is another one. Like I said, I can go on for days. I literally have a list here of things that were mentioned by Nick that, oh, they just hit home. They just hit home. But seriously, the self-reflection is so, so great. You know, what makes 
makes you feel good. Get deep on why, like literally levels deep on why, not just surface level, I'm talking levels deep on why. What makes you feel good? You need to ask yourself that. You need to know the answer to that. You need to be self-aware of the things that not only make you feel good, but the things that irritate you, why they irritate you, how they irritate you, what that causes. Like literally, you need to get deep. You need to be asking yourself questions. What I suggest, and I've said it time and time again, what I suggest is literally taking out that pen and pad and going in on it. Like there is no shortage of paper. In fact, if you are someone that cares about the environment and don't want to use paper, there is a laptop in front of you. There is a phone in front of you that has the ability to produce notes digitally. Like there is no excuse why you cannot go in and literally just fucking answer questions about yourself. I, I, I can't stress that anymore. In fact, it's getting me a little heated because I'm so passionate about that. But you know, the last thing, and probably one of the biggest takeaways, if not the biggest, is the power of how. The exact title of this episode here with Nick, and man, the power of how is exemplified in his life daily. He exemplifies how over, you know, the can'ts and the, the shouldn'ts and the shit like that. And man, the power of how is so powerful. And it sounds so cliche to say it like that because I'm dropping the word power so often. But at the end of the day, man, Nick shows you how it can be done. And oftentimes we just take the easy route or we find the excuse as to why we don't want to do it or why we can't do it. Yet, what you should be focusing on is how you can do it. And you might not get it right the first time. You might not get it right the 10th or the 20th or even the fucking 99th time. But at the end of the day, you're doing, right? You're not trying, you're doing. And when you keep doing, you edge yourself one step closer to figuring it the fuck out. And I think this resonates a lot with the episode that we put out the other day on Tuesday. Listen, everything is connected. There is no secret to success. That is exactly what this show is about. The answers are out there. They connect with each other. You hear it from time and time again with all of the interviewees that we host on this show, Nick being another one, right? He has his own way of achieving success, as do you, as do I, as do everyone that's listening to this show. It's so amazing the synergies that connect all of the principles and tactics and habits and things of that nature that we're decoding daily and weekly and monthly and yearly on this fucking show, man. It just hits home. So Nick, again, man, I want to shout you out. Thank you for adding all of this value. Thank you for being that beacon of light. Thank you for lighting the fire under our asses daily and helping us understand that we need to man the fuck up and power through. Find the power in how. Stop making excuses, right? It, it's so, so fucking true, man. I, I'm so grateful for this conversation. Even more grateful that I'm able to amplify it to all of you. So if this episode right here hit home, if the message that Nick shared on this show hit home, what I'm going to ask you to do is share it with someone because Nick came on here and shared it with all of you. He took time out of his day to help impact us here on Decoding Success. So what I'm going to ask you to do is share this. Share it in your group chat. Share it with your 
your mastermind group, share it with your, you know, your organizations, your coworkers, your employees, whomever. Share it with someone. Tag us on Instagram. Tag us on your Instagram stories, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Tag us anywhere that you feel compelled to share this with individuals. I would love to know what you took away from this episode. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is. So make sure you're tagging us so I can see that and shout you out on the next episode for doing just that. Now listen, as always, I have to throw this in there. I know, I know we're throwing a lot at you here, but if you have not yet, it would mean the world to us to help us get our street cred up by leaving a rating and review, especially if you're tuned in from iTunes. That's exactly how amazing individuals just like Nick hop on here. They're they're able to see the results from the show. And guys, you honestly have been doing such an amazing job. Help us get to our goal of 200 ratings and reviews by the end of 2019. We are only a few away and you have the power to help us achieve our goal. So I want to say thank you that I am grateful for you. Again, share, rate, review, all of that good stuff. Tag us on social. I would love to shout you out. Now, everyone, until next time, be blessed. Peace.